On today's episode, we're down to the final week of the NHL regular season, and the Blackhawks have just three games left on their schedule. I'll go over the updated Tankathon standings, and I'll also talk about Jonathan Taves likely playing in his final game in a Blackhawks sweater. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, April 10th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, whether you're a first-time listener of the show or even if you're a consistent listener and just haven't done so already, please Please, please do me a huge favor real quick. Go and show some support. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's 100% for free and really does help me out greatly. And while you're there, make sure to smash that like button. Go and comment down below as to where you think the Blackhawks are going to finish in the NHL standings. And last but certainly not least, turn on those push notifications so that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. And for you audio folks out there, also make sure to go and follow the podcast 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. I greatly appreciate all of the support. All right, over the weekend, Blackhawks fans, not a ton of game action for the Chicago Blackhawks. Their lone game came on Saturday night against the Seattle Kraken up at Climate Pledge. Climate Pledge Arena, excuse me. But there was a lot of stuff that uh, went down that I have to discuss on the show here as we kick off the week, the tankathon standings obviously are kind of the name of the game for the Blackhawks right now. We also have seen them make some roster moves in the past couple of days. You know, we start off our week with that weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. So we got plenty of stuff to get into, plenty of stuff on tap, if you will, to kick off the week. But what I actually wanted to open things up with, folks, is uh, Jonathan Taves, what we heard him say to the media a couple of days ago as the season starts to wind down here. As I just mentioned, the Blackhawks have three games left here on their schedule, and Taves told reporters up in Seattle on Saturday that he's going to be treating these last two games at the United Center tonight against the Minnesota Wild, and then the season finale on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers. He said he was going to be treating those last two games as his last as a member of the Blackhawks here in Chicago. And this isn't a surprise. I mean, I've talked about it on this show for the greater part of the last year now, right? It just felt like this was the crossroads that we were going to come to. I mean, I, I just, I didn't see a realistic situation where Jonathan Taze would come back. I mean, why would he? And not even a knock on his game, but just with the Blackhawks, the, the way, the direction they're heading, the way that they're trending, why would they want to bring him back either, right? Like, it's a new era for the Chicago Blackhawks. Taves obviously is on the wrong side of 30. There's some injury concerns. He's not getting any younger. Who even knows if he's going to come back and play NHL hockey again next season? I don't even think he knows at this point in time. But for the Blackhawks in the position they're in, the direction they're heading, you know, it's a new era for the Chicago Blackhawks. And it's a whole new front office. Obviously, uh, there's been a bunch of changes there. It's a new coaching staff. 
it, it's really a new Chicago Blackhawks, if I'm being honest. So while it's um, obviously not a situation that is enjoyable and you don't want to see a guy like Jonathan Taves, who's been the leader of this franchise for the last 16, 17 years, it, it just it feels weird. I don't even have the words to properly describe it, to feel like Jonathan Taves is actually going. But to hear him say that to the reporters on Saturday uh, and reading Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times, reading his story that he put out about it and just kind of the quietness and the words that Taves was using and some of the stuff in the past tense, talking about how, uh, you know, he's going to make sure to cherish every moment out there on the ice at the United Center and he's going to be trying to take mental images and just remembering all of the memories that he's been a part of over the years. And he also wants to do his part to try and uh, create a couple more memories and try to get the fans to cheer a couple more times for him and his team uh, in these final two games of the season. But yeah, just a, a wild time, honestly, to be a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks. The end of an era, the changing of the guard. We all kind of knew this was coming. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were still people out there holding on hope that Jonathan Taves would be coming back and, listen, I'm like 99% sure that he's not going to come back. And he wouldn't even really be saying these things and phrasing it the way that he would if this wasn't the likely situation. I just I just don't see it happening unless there's some crazy situation where Taves feels like the only spot he could be playing professional hockey at in this point of his career is in Chicago, also with the stage the Blackhawks are at. They don't necessarily need him to be playing every night it's just kind of like he can go about things and about his health as he feels you know there's not pressure for him to be playing in Chicago considering where they're at in this rebuild and opposed to you know if he does continue to play and goes elsewhere I'm assuming he'd like to go and play for a Stanley Cup contender uh, obviously there'd be some pressure for him to be healthy and to be playing on a nightly basis for that team it would be a little different in Chicago I still don't see that happening Blackhawks fans and i don't think Taves would be saying this stuff if he didn't already know, you know, this is kind of the end of the line. So yeah, well, it's been absolutely brutal to watch the Blackhawks these last couple of weeks. And while there is not very much to be watching for other than the Tankathon standings here, as we reach the final week of the season, make sure to enjoy these final two games with Jonathan Taves as the Blackhawks captain, because eh, 17 years, man. I mean, my whole childhood, my whole <laughs> Growing up life, Jonathan Taze has been the captain of the Blackhawks. Got the picture right here behind me. Um, yeah, crazy that it's coming to an end. It's been a hell of a ride, Johnny. I just appreciate you even fighting back to get back on the ice this season. It's incredible that we're even able to watch Taves a couple more times at the UC before it's all said and done because a month ago, I wasn't all that confident it was going to happen. So make sure to tune into these final two games to get a couple of uh, final glimpses at number 19 wearing the C for the Chicago Blackhawks. It's been a hell of a ride, Johnny. I whew, still can't believe this is, you know, this the situation we find ourselves in. But uh, unfortunately, just in the world, all good things must come to an end. I also wanted to be sure to talk about some of the Blackhawks roster moves that we saw from them over the weekend, which, by the way, Blackhawks fans, has put this roster at an all-time low this season. And I know that's saying something. It's been uh, pretty thin and pretty gross to look at on paper here in the second half of the season, but it has only gotten worse as we are now into the final week of the NHL regular season. And the reason I say that is because 
The Blackhawks are now without three more of their key players. First and foremost, forward Taylor Radish, the leading goal scorer for the Blackhawks, was shut down over the weekend for the remainder of the rest of the season due to a groin injury. He did not play in that game on Saturday against Seattle, and his season now has officially come to a close. The good news here, though, is that it doesn't seem like it was anything serious that Radish suffered, just a groin injury that uh, the timetable for his recovery would put him at just about two weeks. And obviously, you know, that we don't have that much time left in the season. So the only option that the Blackhawks had would be uh, shutting down their leading goal scorer and first time 20 goal scorer Taylor Radish for the remainder of the year. But what a year Taylor Radish went on to have his first full season as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. And in my mind, and I think in a lot of all you fans' minds out there as well, uh, Taylor Radish did not disappoint. He was a staple on that second line for the greater, uh, basically the entire season, which I really liked how Luke Richardson kind of left him in that role, left him with Jonathan Taves when uh, 19 was healthy, also left him with Tyler Johnson, who really quietly has had a, a very solid season for the Blackhawks when he's been healthy as well. And I think we're all excited about Taylor Radish and the goal-scoring ability, the size that he provides, the tenacity on the forecheck, the willingness to go to the dirty areas, along with a little bit of a skill game as well. Uh, I think it's you know still up in the air whether he's going to be a top-six player or a middle-six player, but a really big year offensively for Taylor Radish, as I mentioned, hitting 20 goals for the first time in his career. Very excited to see what he's going to have in store for us next season. And then the two other players the Chicago Blackhawks will be without for the rest of their regular season is Lucas Reichel and Alex Vlasic because the Rockford Icehogs are kind of uh, in full-on desperation mode in order to qualify for the Calder Cup playoffs. I believe they're still only two points ahead of the Chicago Wolves for the final playoff spot in the Central Division. And by the way, Blackhawks fans, if you want a little bit more of an update on the Rockford Icehogs, make sure to go and check out my YouTube channel. I posted a video last Friday, a week and a half ago, going over a complete update on the Rockford Icehogs. And with the Blackhawks season coming to an end, and hopefully Rockford will qualify for the playoffs, I'll be you know covering the Icehogs fully here for as long as their run lasts. It might turn into the Lockdown Icehogs podcast over here. Um, but make sure to go check out that video if you want to hear more about the Rockford Icehogs and the situation they find themselves in right now. But yeah, Lucas Reichel and Alex Vlasic were both reassigned to Rockford here earlier this morning. We knew that was coming. Uh, Luke Richardson mentioned that they were going to be reassigned after the game on Saturday. So no surprise here, but both of those two, I thought, played really well in their most recent NHL stints. Obviously, Lucas Reichel is the one we have to talk about. I mean, just an absolute stud in clear development, clear progression in his most recent NHL stand. By the way, he spent uh, a month up here in the NHL, totaling 19 games this time around. And in those 19 games, Reichel recorded 12 points. And I, I think the bigger part of it, though, is he just continued to grow in confidence and, and the development was so noticeable the speed, the way that he was recognizing the game, the chemistry that he was building with Andreas Athens, the CU, the, the transition, uh, the ability to make things happen in transition. I mean, I, I've thought Lucas Reichel has been the best player for the Blackhawks for the past couple of weeks now. Really, really uh, thrilled with both the front office and the coaching staff for giving him this opportunity. I think it was 
100% the right one. And now he can go back down to Rockford and hopefully kind of carry over what he was doing up here with the Blackhawks because he was spectacular. And yeah, I think Lucas Reichel, I've been saying it on the show here for quite some time, but I really do think Lucas Reichel has all the tools to be a very special player at the NHL level. The Blackhawks have not had a forward prospect like him in quite some time. And I really do believe that he's going to be a full-time NHLer next season. And then for Vlasic, I thought he picked up right where he left off uh, from his first NHL stint at the end of last season. This was actually his first bit of NHL action so far this year. But yeah, I thought he filled the part really well. Just so long and lengthy, hard to do much against him in the offense's zone because he's just got so much reach and uh, doesn't, you know, let you drive to the net on him. He's not the most physical six, seven guy ever. And I do think he can add some muscle to his game, but he's aware of who he is. He's aware of his stature. He knows that's going to help him. I, I wouldn't call him rugged, but it's almost like he's a smart, sizable player. He uses his size to his advantage, but not maybe in the most physical way, just kind of the positional way and a structural way. Uh, but I, I think Alex Vlasic also could be a full-time NHL or next season. It's really going to be up to what the Blackhawks have on the blue line and kind of how they want to go about it. And uh, if they want to be more patient with some of these guys like Vlasic, but I thought both of those two were absolutely excellent in their most recent NHL stints. I think a lot of us Blackhawks fans are uh, kind of penciling those two in as key parts of the future as we move forward here in this rebuild. All right, there are my thoughts on everything that went down with the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into an updated look at the Tankathon standings with the Hawks having just three games left on the schedule. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here. We're getting down to the closing stretch, and now is the perfect time to check out America's number one sportsbook, which is FanDuel, because if you're a new customer, you'll get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. All you got to do is go and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And for all you Bulls fans, you got to check out FanDuel for the Bulls play-in series because you can bet on everything Bulls there from the money line to the point spread to their point scores. And you can even bet on the amount of threes made by DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, or Io DeSumo. Plus, FanDuel allows you the opportunity to combine your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature. So make sure not to miss out on your first sw- on your uh, first bet, no sweat, Uh, No sweat first bet, excuse me, up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go and download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, getting into segment two. You already know what time it is, Blackhawks fans. It's time to take an updated look at the Tankathon standings following the Blackhawks' 7-3 loss to the Seattle Kraken over the weekend. Not only did the Blackhawks do their part by picking up a loss in their loan contest over the weekend, but they also got some help from a fellow bottom feeder. But the Blackhawks are still not in last place. They are tied 56 points, but... The tiebreaker is really what's kind of boinking them at the moment. The Columbus Blue Jackets still hold the tiebreaker over them due to having less regulation and overtime victories. 
but the Blackhawks are still tied for last with three games left on their schedule. Here's how it's all shaken out. The Blue Jackets are technically in 32nd place due to that tiebreaker. Still have 56 points, just like the Blackhawks do. 0.354 points percentage. Their three games left in the season are uh, they're at the Philadelphia Flyers tomorrow, and then they have a back-to-back at home versus the Pittsburgh Penguins on Thursday and then the Buffalo Sabres on Friday. And out of these four teams at the bottom of the NHL standings, Blackhawks fans, the Blue Jackets are the only ones with a game on Friday. The Blackhawks, the Ducks, and the Sharks all will have their seasons come to a close on Thursday. So it's probably going to come down to that last game between the Blue Jackets and the Buffalo Sabres on Friday night in Columbus. Make sure to keep an eye out for that one. The Blackhawks are technically in 31st place. They're tied with Columbus. They have the same amount of points, same points percentage, but yes, the tiebreaker goes to the Blue Jackets at this moment. So the Blackhawks, if they do want to land the best percentage chance of getting Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft, they're going to have to finish with less, fewer points. I'm a grammar guy. They have to finish with fewer points than the Columbus Blue Jackets do by the end of the season. Tying will not do the Blackhawks any good. So it's kind of the situation we find ourselves in at the bottom. The Blackhawks have three games left on their schedule as well tonight against the Minnesota Wild. Then they'll be on the back end of a back-to-back tomorrow traveling into Pittsburgh before their season wraps up on Thursday back at the United Center against the Flyers. The team that helped out the Blackhawks over the weekend was the Anaheim Ducks. They still are in the midst of an 11-game losing streak, believe it or not, but they picked up back-to-back 5-4 to overtime losses over the weekend to the Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche. So basically as good as winning one of those two games for the Ducks with those back-to-back OT losses. They are now at 58 points, two points ahead of both the Blackhawks and the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, but they only have two games left on their schedule. That's the interesting part for Anaheim. Two games left on their schedule, home on Tuesday against the Vancouver Canucks, and then home on Thursday against the Los Angeles Kings to wrap up their season. And the San Jose Sharks, I kind of talked about this on Friday's episode. I just don't see how they're going to come away with this. The Blackhawks and uh, the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets, I believe, would have to win all of their games. Well, I think the Sharks do not hold the tiebreaker. Don't quote me on that. But so the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets would both have to be winning consistently here in their final three games in order to jump the Sharks. So for me, that's why I kind of think this is a three-horse race at this point. But if the Sharks lose out, that's kind of the only way they'll still be alive. And to be fair, their last three games aren't the easiest. They're all on the road uh, against Winnipeg, against Calgary, and against Edmonton. But in my mind, I think it's a three-horse race pretty obviously at this point. The Blackhawks do not have an easy schedule here down the stretch at home tonight against a good Minnesota Wild team on the road tomorrow against a desperate desperate Pittsburgh Penguins club. And then Thursday against Philadelphia, anything can happen. Well, you can bet the front office will be trying to do everything in their power to lose that game if it is a neck and neck race by that point in the week. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, we still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. And by the way, Blackhawks fans, still haven't been getting as many questions as I normally do here for our Mailbag Monday fan segment. And I know it's this point in the season, not a lot of people are tuned into the Chicago Blackhawks still, but 
if you're watching this point in the episode, if you're a weekly listener to the Mailbag Monday fan segment and you have a question, go and drop it in the comment section down below right now or go and DM me on any of my social media accounts on Twitter. You can also email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. I really enjoy this segment and I want to be answering more questions, but I've only gotten two each of the last three weeks now. So uh, definitely make sure to be asking your questions. I would greatly appreciate it. And by the way, I'm going to be having interviews with a lot of Rockford Ice Hogs players coming up here in the offseason. If you have a question for some of the Hawks' top prospects, go and comment those down below, and I'll throw you a bone and ask them on your behalf whenever I do hold these interviews. Anyways, getting into our Mailbag Monday fan segment here on today's show. Before I wrap things up, uh, the first question I wanted to answer comes from Mallory Martins, who emailed in the podcast and asked, what pick would it take for you to call this season unsuccessful? Feels like a top three is a must at this point. I do think that's an interesting question. I don't know if I'd use the word unsuccessful because there there was still a lot of good from the season. I know not many people probably see that, but um, a lot of pieces for the Blackhawks kind of showed themselves this year. And I know it was a tough season to watch a lot of the big guns get traded, but we found out a, a lot about this team and the, some of the pieces that we already have and Taylor Radish and, and Cole Gutman and the list goes on. Lucas Reichel, obviously Alex Vlasic. We're seeing Wyatt Kaiser. We're seeing Luke Richardson in his first year as a head coach, I think getting the absolute most out of his team. So just because the Blackhawks get, if they were to get a bad draw in the NHL draft lottery, I don't think that would make this season unsuccessful. Would it be frustrating? It wouldn't be annoying. Absolutely. I'd be freaking pissed. Um, but I don't know if I'd, I'd go as far to say unsuccessful. I, I do think top three is obviously what you want with Bedard, uh, Fantilli, and Mikov. Um, then there's also still, I mean, four through six, it's not bad. Leo Carlson, uh, Will Smith, uh, Benson, there are some good picks that obviously aren't, you know, at the top for a reason, but still some good players there. Would it be disappointing to get one of those guys instead of one of the top three? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if I'd go as far as say unsuccessful. It, it would just be uh, a little, a little fork in the road, if you will, because I do think if the Blackhawks land a top three pick, it could help expedite things, not only by bringing in that talent, but by also kind of maybe making the market to come to Chicago a little bit more attractive. Not that it really needs that much help. I mean, I know the Blackhawks are a dumpster fire, but it's still an original six market. It's still a fan base that everyone knows cares when they are good. It's absolutely rowdy and incredible to play in Chicago as everyone has said. So I, I do think it would cause a little bit of a hiccup, but I don't think it would make for an unsuccessful season. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'd be pissed. I'd be really freaking pissed. I want, I want a franchise altering player here in the 2023 NHL draft. We'll wind up seeing what happens, not only in these final three games, but when the draft lottery occurs here in a month and a half, whenever that may be. Second question I wanted to answer today comes from Kevin F., who emailed in the podcast and asked, if Jonathan Taves did decide to play next season, where do you think he ends up? It's a good question. Um, I mentioned earlier, you would think with him, I guess not holding all the cards, there are going to be some concerns about his health and whatnot, but in terms of he can choose where he wants to go as an unrestricted free agent, I'd imagine that he would only go to a team that has a chance at competing for a Stanley Cup. I mean, I 
Taves wants to win. He hasn't won in quite some time. It wouldn't make sense for him to go anywhere else. So I think obviously Winnipeg is the one that stood out, him being a Manitoba boy. But with the way things have gone for Winnipeg down the end of this season, and I don't know, they're just such a weird franchise that no one really ever knows what they're trying to accomplish up there. I wonder if that would cause some hesitancy uh, for Taves, if Winnipeg would even be interested. I've always thought Colorado would be a really good spot for him to kind of just be a defensive-minded third-line center, and anything he offers to that team offensively is just kind of an added bonus at that point. I've always thought Colorado uh, made a lot of sense for Jonathan Taves. Uh, Boston was a team that I, I thought would be interested at the deadline. I don't know if they're going to be able to fit him in. I think Dallas, quietly, I know it would suck to watch Taves go and play in the Central Division like it would for Colorado, but I've always thought Dallas is a team that would be very interesting and very stylistically would match up with what I think he wants to do and also a team that's on the up and coming. I don't know. Those are kind of some of the squads that I've thought would make the most sense for Jonathan Taves, but let's not even get ahead of ourselves here. Who knows if he's going to be playing NHL hockey next season, but just for the sake of answering the question, Kev, uh, those are probably the three teams that I personally would be looking at Jonathan Taves joining here in the off season the most. All right. I think that is going to wrap up Monday, April 10th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And as always, make sure to go in, follow the podcast 100% for free, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. And you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Thank you all for tuning into today's show and for making Locked On Blackhawks your first listen. Now for your second listen, go check out Game to Game NHL Western Conference. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL's Western Conference with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.